I want to welcome you to week eight of our look through the book of Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter seven this week, the first part of Matthew chapter seven. We're going to be looking at verses one to five today and also all this week. As we're continuing in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, we're continuing to look at what we're calling Jesus' Life Management Seminar. And we've looked at how to manage your attitudes, how to manage your relationships with others and with God, how to manage your possessions, how to manage your possessions and your anxieties about those possessions. In this chapter, all through this chapter, we're going to talk about how do you manage the direction of your life. And one of the key decisions that we all have to make about the direction of our lives has to do with how we handle the fact that all of us have sinned, all of us have faults. How do you handle the faults, the mistakes, and even the sins of the people that are around you and that are in your own life? There's a lot of directions you can go, and the direction you go sets the direction of your life. You can go in the direction of blame. You can go in the direction of anger, of faking it, of hypocrisy, of pride. Jesus talks about this at the beginning of this chapter. It's one of the most familiar, it's one of the most often quoted And it's one of the most misunderstood passages in all of Jesus' teaching. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 to 5, here's what Jesus said. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. Now, these words of Jesus, there is a great deal of confusion over the words of Jesus, do not judge, or you too will be judged. There's also a great deal of power in what Jesus taught about judgment. There's a teaching here that holds the promise of dramatic change in your life, the direction of your life, even the direction of your relationships. This passage, these five verses, are one of the most meaningful passages in all of Scripture for me. In fact, I devoted an entire week to it in my Relationship Principles of Jesus book, and I want to share some of that with you. A little bit different this week, I want to share some of that with you as we walk through this passage this week, because these words have the power to revolutionize the direction of your life. They have the power to revolutionize your relationships, your marriage. They have the power to make your family life more joyful. Those who take to heart what Jesus teaches about judgment, they develop really a more magnetic personality. They're the kind of people that you're drawn to, that you want to be around. They're the kind of people that are sought out for advice because they are seeking to live out Jesus' principle. Don't judge, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. My in-laws, Dot and Jimmy Warren, had a profound influence on my life and on the life of hundreds of others, in large measure because they lived out these words of Jesus. They understood how to offer love and truth without being judgmental. Their approach had a deep effect on their relationships. So instead of rejecting a pastor who had divorced his wife and left the ministry, they kept the door open, and they served as an instrument to help him recover his spiritual health. They didn't excuse his sin, yet they accepted him in a way that let him know he wasn't alone. Instead of making those who didn't know Jesus feel like they were outsiders, they welcomed them in as part of the family around the supper table or as fishing partners out on the lake. Instead of letting their concern that their daughter Shondell was dating a very young Christian at the time, and that caused them to look down their spiritual nose at that very young Christian, instead they welcomed me with open arms, and they became a major influence in my growth in loving Jesus in my ministry. If these words of Jesus are going to have any impact on our lives, We've got to reject the attractive and yet cowardly and false interpretation of what he's saying. 
the cowardly approach to being non-judgmental says, you live your life, I'll live mine. I won't say anything about you. You don't say anything about me. Now, that sounds good in one sense, doesn't it? I mean, we all want to avoid the unpleasantness and confronting problems in a relationship or in a friend's life. Even more, we don't like it when others confront the things we don't want to change in our own lives. But it's interesting that right after saying, don't judge, Jesus is going to teach in a few verses, don't give dogs what is sacred. Don't throw pearls before swine, before pigs. He obviously has a different way of looking at things. He has no problem encouraging us to discern someone's willingness to listen to the truth. So you have to judge something there. Think about the teaching of Jesus, the life of Jesus. How could Jesus say, you hypocrites, when he talked to the Pharisees? Isn't that judging? You have to realize there's a difference between judging a person's motives and responding to a person's actions. There's a difference between judging a person's eternity and acting on the current situation. We get this confused sometimes. Many take this to mean you can't ever tell someone else or think that anything they're doing is wrong. If you can't judge anyone in that way, that's crazy. Then no parent could ever tell a child that they were wrong. It isn't really possible to be completely non-judgmental in that kind of a way. Because then even telling someone else that she's being judgmental would be a judgmental thing to do. Being non-judgmental doesn't mean being non-aware. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. You see the person's problem. Maybe even you need to deal with it because you're involved with it in some way, but you don't judge them in it. You see that your child is disobeying. Maybe you even give them a time out, but you don't think of them as a wicked little sinner who could never be loved of God because of what they're going through. One of the most important keys to living this truth of being truly non-judgmental towards others is understanding God's judgment. The skill of responding to another person's actions with integrity and mercy, but not hypocrisy, it was one of the most difficult relationship skills that any of us can develop. And some of us, we veer too far on the side of excusing sins, and sometimes maybe we veer too far to the side of prideful judgment. Few of us ever totally get it right all the time. And one of the keys to strengthening this skill, I want to strengthen this skill. I want you to strengthen this skill is growing in our understanding of God's judgment over all mankind. Words about judgment, even as we're talking about this today, they're difficult for many of us. We know that God's a God of love, a God of grace, a God of beauty. And something in us cringes when we see such words as judge, judgment attached to the name of God. So we naturally tend to drift toward ignoring those words and focusing on the words that feel warmer, that feel more loving. There are just too many uncomfortable questions that flood our minds when we think about judgment. But when you try to figure out all the ways, all the judgments of God, of course you're going to feel uncomfortable and sometimes even confused. That's because God is the judge and you're not. Now, I don't mean that to sound flippant or simplistic because it is not. The answer to figuring out the judgments of God is not in some philosophical understanding. It's found in personal trust. God, who loves this world and everyone in it more than I could ever hope to, he is the ultimate judge. I can trust him. God, who sees every injustice that's ever been done and knows every motive of every heart, he's the final judge, and I can trust him. Now, the truth about God's judgment, it could fill volumes, but here our focus is on how an understanding of God's judgment can cause you and I to become less judgmental. It's all too easy to think that those who recognize that God is judge become more judgmental, but actually the opposite is true. Understanding God's judgment, that he's the judge, it frees you to not have to be judgmental because you know you can leave it in his hands. He is the judge. 
Freedom from being judgmental comes as you remember the truth that God will judge fairly, as you remember the truth that now is not the time for final judgment, as you remember the truth that you can face that final judgment with confidence because of what Jesus has done for you, because God is rich in mercy and forgiveness. Let's look at those truths a little bit more closely. First, you remember the truth that God is the only fair judge. The more I trust God is the only fair judge, the less judgmental I'll be. To have healthy relationships, there's a decision that you and I have to make every day. You have to leave judgment, ultimate judgment, in God's hands. You practice what Paul tells us in Romans 12, 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. You let God work out his judgment. You can trust him with it. You trust in the truth that God will judge fairly. There's a second thing that causes us to become less judgmental, and that is the more I trust in God's timing. The more I trust in God's timing, the less judgmental I'll be. The truth that God will judge in his time keeps me from yielding to the temptation to rush to judgment. In 1 Corinthians 4 or 5, Paul writes, judge nothing before the appointed time. Healthy relationships demand that I await ultimate judgment until God's time. Sometimes we act like we're like two questions into this thousand question test and we want to give the grade already. Now we might be able to see something of how we're doing so far, but it's not over yet. We can't give the final score yet. You trust God's timing for final judgment. And there's one final truth about being less judgmental, and that is the more confidently I face the day of judgment, the less judgmental I'll be. John 5, 24, Jesus said, In all truth I tell you, whoever listens to my words and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life. Without being brought to judgment, such a person has passed from death to life. That's the promise of God in Jesus Christ. You know that one day you can face him with confidence and joy. You don't have to worry about that day of judgment because of what Jesus has done for you, because of the love that he has for you. Anyone who's accepted the gift of God's mercy and forgiveness, we can live with that confidence. And that confidence causes us to be free to be less judgmental in our lives. Now, for a moment, I want us to look together in prayer to the one who, because of his love for us, has decided that instead of judging us for eternity, he's going to love us for all eternity in Christ. Let's tell him how grateful we are. Our Father, we are grateful. We're grateful for your love. And we pray that you'd help us to understand how these words of Jesus fit into our lives. Help us to understand this truth about judgment as never before. Instead of living in confusion about who and what we can rightly judge, help us to learn from you how to reject hypocrisy, how to choose integrity, how to show mercy in our lives. We ask that you teach us to do this, Jesus. You're the only one that can really teach us, and we ask it in your name. Amen. Tomorrow, we're going to look together at the truth about hypocrisy, integrity, and mercy. 